0: Well, that's good. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. I'm glad I'm off the hook. I was. Thank you for helping me get (laughs) up. You know, a sermon is like uh, flying an airplane in some ways. That first, you you got to get it off the ground, and and then you're flying along, and then there's there's a time. There's a time at the clock where you got to bring it back down uh, and land it, and you have to stop right there at the end of the airstrip, or you crash. And so I've tried to stop, what do you think, 12 o'clock? You're used to eating lunch at 12 o'clock? Uh, it's up to you. Yes. Thank you, and I'm so glad to be here today and uh, to see you all again. It's like a wonderful church family up on the mountain. Uh, Hilda and Emmanuel, we used to go to church together in the 1990s, the roaring 90s, yes. She was only five years old, of course. You know. I liked your bulletin cover. It talks about the uh, Holy Spirit being coming down into this place like um, tongues of fire, right? you know that scripture? A rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and all were filled with the Holy Ghost. One time I was at some meetings at uh, San Pasquale Academy. We were there for a weekend, and... um, On the Friday night, I was praying so hard that God would just bring the Holy Spirit down, just like uh, it says right here in the scripture. And then at 4 o'clock in the morning, I was up and praying in my little uh, dorm room that they gave me with the candle, and uh, God impressed, the Holy Spirit impressed upon me. He's already here. And so while they were waiting for the Holy Spirit, we all we have the holy spirit with us right now and let me just say a little prayer our heavenly father thank you for giving us abundantly your fatherhood our savior whom we we adore and accept and your precious holy spirit and we can hardly separate you but we do father son and holy ghost and please bless us today lord in a special way in Jesus name amen, amen. You know my message today is about the cross i have my notes upside down it might be more fun that way <laughs> it was peter was crucified upside down wasn't he by choice what a powerful way to go You know, the reason I use this kind of microphone, I keep myself kind of glued here, because one time I was in a head-on motorcycle accident. And um, it's just a miracle that I survived 50 miles an hour and a car turned left in front of me. And people die every day in those kind of accidents, But, but the Lord spared my life. Uh, But I broke this leg in five places, so I don't walk exactly as wonderfully as all of you. So that's why I kind of keep myself uh, glued here. I should overcome that. Perhaps the the Lord will have me dancing, at least when when I see Jesus coming. We'll all sing and dance, won't we? Adventists don't dance, I'm sorry. Yes. I appreciate the crosses that you have here. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, are we, in this church? And Paul said, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think this could even tie in with our Sabbath school lesson today, our justification by faith. It begins with the blood that's shed on the cross for us. I have a few notes from Ellen White that um, point towards the cross. Ellen White said that if those who today are teaching the word of God would uplift the cross of Christ. Higher and higher. We don't have to lift it up. Our ministry would be far more successful if sinners can be led to give one earnest look at the cross. If they can obtain a full view of the crucified Savior, they would realize the depth of God's compassion and the sinfulness of sin. Christ's death proves God's great love for humankind. It is our privilege and our pledge of salvation to remove the cross from the Christian would be like blotting the sun out from the sky. The cross brings us near to God, reconciling us to him. And with the relenting compassion of a father's love, Jehovah looks upon the suffering that his son endured in order to save the race from eternal death and accepts us as the beloved, all from Christ at the cross. Without the cross, we could have no union with God. From it shines the light of the Savior's love. And when at the foot of the cross the sinner looks up to the one who died to save him or her, he may rejoice with fullness of joy for his sins are forgiven, justified, right? Kneeling in faith at the cross, he has reached the highest place to which a man or woman could attain at the foot of the cross. And through the cross we learn the Heavenly Father loves us with a love that is infinite. Can we wonder that Paul exclaimed, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is our privilege also to glory in the cross. Our privilege to give ourselves wholly to Him who gave Himself for us. Then, with the light that streams from Calvary shining in our faces, we may go forth to reveal this light to those who are in darkness. Yes, you know, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, often someone will ask us. What are you so happy about? Look at you, yes. And we could be ready to share at that time. And I appreciate. Uh, th- let's see. Was this your daughter who read the uh, scripture? Yeah. Yes, I was thinking we went to church about 17 years ago, and then no, not your daughter. Do- her daughter, daughter. daughter. Okay. Well, thank you for reading that scripture. And the cross is um, foolishness to some, isn't it? Imagine those who don't accept Jesus, what they see looking at the cross. Uh, they don't see the things that we see. Someone else looking at the cross would see a man hanging on the tree on a piece of wood. And we see him as a powerful, but they would see him as the least powerful person in the universe, wouldn't they? He'd been arrested, beaten, put on trial, convicted, uh, sentenced to death, stripped of his clothing, brutally uh, nailed to the cross. He was bleeding And he was exposed to all the elements, the whole earth, as he was up on the cross completely. It appeared that he was at the mercy of the Roman soldiers. He had no army to help him, no political power, no friends and high places. All of his followers had even deserted him. And at that moment, he lacked the control. He couldn't even move his hand to touch his forehead and comfort himself or brush a fly off of his head. And he couldn't raise his hand lower them, move them. He was completely lacking any power or control of his own movements. And yet, at that moment, we would say that Christ was the most powerful person in the universe. So in spite of how it appeared to the Romans, Um, they were actually at Christ's mercy. He was having mercy on them, but he was also having mercy upon us as he was on that cross. Yes. And so that's why I believe it's important to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is the sacrifice that God sent his son, that there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And God gave his only son. Jesus had the power, if he wanted to, to come off of that cross and just annihilate the enemy. Ellen White says that while he was on the cross, that the devil and all of his angels were taunting Jesus Come off of that cross. These people don't love you. They don't care about you. Come off of that cross, Jesus. But he didn't do it. He stayed on that cross for you and I. Before the cross, before he was arrested, and uh, I'll just read the text in Matthew chapter 26. He was speaking to Judas and the twelve, and when he told Peter to put the sword away and he put the, the man's ear back on that Peter had cut off, Jesus said, Don't you think I cannot call upon my father and he would at once uh, put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? And But how then would the scriptures Be fulfilled that say that it must happen this way. And Jesus did everything that the scriptures could be fulfilled, even allowing himself to be baptized. Yes. And we know a Roman legion was um, six thousand troops, so how many angels could the Father have sent? But it wouldn't have taken even one even one angel. But who gives the angel power but Christ himself? Yes. He was speaking in those large numbers to just give us assurance that he was in complete control, that this was his will to do what he was doing. We remember that there was a night when one angel killed 185,000 soldiers. Isn't it good to have God on our side? Yes. Yeah. So obviously, um, 72,000 angels that Jesus could have called upon, they could have uh, easily handled the situation well, with one hand. But um, instead of calling out to the Father to uh, rescue him, Jesus allowed himself to be arrested crucified, and killed, yes. It was the payment for our sin. And it's, the, it's so dreadful, and yet it's the good news. That is the good news, that there is now, uh, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. No condemnation. It would be as we were talking about in the lesson, and, 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 and if as if uh, we went to court, and and the uh, judge and the, the people who helped the judge, uh, what they would say is, "Well, there are no charges here against you. There are no charges against you. The paper is blank." Yes. Isn't that good news? Yes, indeed. When Jesus was brought before the Roman governor, he was asked, uh, the governor asked him, Where are you from? And Jesus gave no answer. And then the the governor said, "Uh, Don't you realize I have the power to crucify you? And Jesus said, you would have no power at all if it wasn't given to you from the Father above. Yes. And so there's no doubt that Jesus was in complete control in his right mind and doing exactly what he wanted to do. What an awesome God that we serve. We remember the story of Abraham... Uh, being told that he should offer up his only son for a sin offering. And when we read that story about Abraham taking his son out and taking the wood, and having even the son is asking, Where is the offering, father? And and Abraham said, God will supply the uh, offering. But then he raised, he raised his hand, and he was ready to slay his son to follow God's will. And when we read that story, oh, it, it makes our skin tingle a little bit, the, the hair stand up on your arms. And, um, and yet, it was God, God stopped him through his angel. The angel of the Lord said, no, Abraham, you you don't have to do this. But the father actually did do this, didn't he? And how much more does it make the skin, uh, the hair, us tingle when we realize what God has done for us? I'm... Uh, enjoying that the plane is up in the air and we're seeing some beautiful sights from up here, aren't we? That we could, we're up in the air and we could look way back in time from this vantage point and we can also see the future because God has shown us the future, hasn't he? Yes. And um, isn't it wonderful that God has shown us the future? As someone talked earlier about a loss of a loved one, a loss of their life, the one phrase that I'd like to remember is where would we be without Jesus when a loved one died? It's not too preachy, but it's powerful. And where would we be without Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us. It was his plan, and uh, this, this story shows us that there is power at the cross. Amen. That um, sin uh, did not have a victory. Sin or the devil did not have a victory over Jesus or over us, but that Jesus gave us the victory. He won the victory for us over sin, over evil. Evil did not triumph, but Jesus triumphed. Yes, that God is the uh, one who is really in control of everything, and he has a plan, and we can see his plan from up here in our vantage point, we can look back and see God's plan. We can look back and see his steadfast love that when he created this world, he knew he was going to have children. And if a young couple is expecting to have children, they're going to uh, prepare a place for those children, aren't they? They're going to choose the colors for the... For the child. And we look back from our vantage point uh, in our airplane and we see God preparing a place for his children. And then we see God populating the earth with his children. Then we see his children get into some trouble. And we see God uh, save us so that this generation would not have to be afraid of death. And that this generation would not be bound by the law, but that we would be freely keeping the law because we loved him. That we're not here because we want to be saved. We're here because we're already saved. We're here because God has already poured out his love towards us. And He's God said, I have loved you with an everlasting Love, Therefore, I have drawn you to myself, yes, all for the love of Jesus. The crucifixion shows us God's will for mankind, humankind is more appropriate for our times. God's will that God did not want to destroy us. You know, I thought I used to think that I just need to hide from God before I learned that Jesus had died for my sins. It shows us that God did not want anyone to perish, but that all could have uh, everlasting life. John 3.16, 3.17, that salvation is God's will for us. A wonderful gift, the most wonderful gift. When we celebrate um, the birth at Christmas time, some people complain that maybe Jesus was born in this time of year. Well, it's something we should always celebrate that child. I don't see anybody ever celebrating any other time of year, the complainers, but um, the main thing is that we do celebrate and appreciate that God became a man. The incarnation. You know, I I enjoy some of those uh, movies where people have superpowers, even, um, you know, Superman and all these other ones. uh, People have these powers, and somebody came, what was it? Superman came from some other planet, didn't he? And... And uh, his parents sent him away, something like that. But the true story is that God, Jesus came here from another planet, from heaven. And he saw what was going on. We see Jesus at the birth, the incarnation. God became a man. We see Jesus entering the ring to fight our enemy who we could not gain a victory over. What an awesome story. And then, as in the uh, Terminator movies, uh, you know, they couldn't kill the person in the Terminator. It keeps rising back up, right? Especially that cop. And uh, keep coming back to life. That's a, but the truth is, that's Jesus. They killed him. And he came back to life, and this is not a Hollywood fantasy. This is not only a story. This is our story. This is our hero. This is the one who did all of this to save us. And he did it out of love. And he did it to become our hero, our everything that we are. Jesus did it for those reasons. I I would encourage you to read Isaiah chapter 53. Chapter 53 tells about, it's the Old Testament prophecy about Jesus would die on the cross, suffering servant, and by his stripes we would be healed. And then Isaiah chapter 54 shows us the benefits of belonging to Christ. Isaiah chapter 54 says, Don't you know that you are married to God? Yes. And it's the one that shows us that uh, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That yes, uh, the enemies will rise up, but God will vanquish them. God has created the destroyer to destroy their plans when things come against us. And then Isaiah 55 This is just three short chapters, just in like two pages of your Bible. Isaiah 55, it takes us all the way to heaven, and we go out, and the trees and the fields are clapping their hands. So I'm getting ready. We have the trees. Can you imagine the happiness and the joy when Jesus takes us out, that even the trees and the fields or clapped their hands, yes. So at the cross, there's power to regenerate our hearts. That's what it's about. God said in the Old Testament, I, you, I'm going to give you people a new heart, a heart to know me, a heart to love me. And that power is at the cross. There's no, if I was ever, sometimes we face very hard things in this life. Sometimes I have felt so bad, even though God called me personally, sometimes I felt like Paul, being shipwrecked, and um, I'm tempted to think, God, you couldn't possibly love me. And then I look at the cross. Yes, he loves me. I'm tempted to think, oh, God, why have you forsaken me? And then I look at Jesus on the cross. No, God had not forsaken him. But sometimes in a humanity, we're going to be in that situation where we feel like it, but we know God is not. And we know if by looking at that cross that we have the love. And now the plane is down on the runway and we're hitting the brakes, you know, And they, you know how fast a plane can stop. Can you feel it? So there's power at the cross, power at the cross. We hear the voice from the cross saying, follow me. There's a power at the cross that mortals can hear the chant of the angels singing. Revelation 5, 9, and 10 tell us, Thou art worthy, for you were slain and hath redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, every tongue and people and nation and hath made us unto our God uh, priests and kings. So our new life, it began at the cross. Yes. End of runway. Yes. Shall so we have? Are we going to have a closing hymn, or should I to do the benediction now? It's up to you. Let's see. Since I'm here, let's pray, and then we can walk out at singing. Yes. Our heavenly Father, you are so wonderful. And we're thankful that Jesus is not suffering anymore, that he's glad that his life has justified us. As it says in Isaiah 53, as a woman gave birth and her pain is gone and she enjoys the love of the child, we're thankful, Lord, that Jesus' suffering and your suffering is gone. We're your children now. As we leave the church, Lord, go with us you are able in your omnipresence to be with each one of us as if we were your only child and make your name great, Lord, and your love great in our house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.